You are now listening to the Gundog Notebook Podcast, hosted by Darrell Smith. Presented to you by Onyx Hunt. Crafted to be the number one digital mapping resource for hunters, anglers, and landowners. Download the Onyx Hunt app from either iTunes or Google Play. Stay on track with Onyx. This episode is just going to be me today, guys. I um, just want to check in with you with some updates, some progress, kind of some happenings going on with the podcast. Um, afterwards, I do want to get into some barrel work, just kind of how I understand it, uh, kind of the crux of this podcast. But, of course, I do want to, you know, acknowledge some new stuff going on. Um, you know, I definitely want to thank Onyx Hunt for... Becoming a title sponsor of this podcast is pretty freaking cool, man. I um, I use Onyx, I mean, all the time, all the time. Um, I use it literally 365 days a year. Um, you know, I was a, a former subscriber to it right now. I'm definitely using it for scouting. Um, you know, the reason I like it is you can log in a, a bunch of different types of game in different areas and it'll let you know your landowner um, boundaries and things like that and you know between me and my buddy Shane we definitely share our Onyx uh, GPS location and our, our marking so guys if you guys don't have the Onyx Hunt uh, app go ahead and download it now get used to using it it will I promise you will become your go-to resource um, you know throughout the season Project Upland. So, we got more good news. Next month in July, I want you guys to go and check out the Project Upland watch for the Hard Day Riding film. Right now, the trailer's already out for it. I wrote the summary for it as well. You can check that out on projectupland.com. The full film will be out in July. So, if you kind of want to see a good number of us black folks down here and and the original black... uh, field trialers down in Thomasville, you can get some insight on that through the Hard Day Riding film on ProjectUpland.com. So check that out next month. Go check the trailer out now. Um, Also, there will be a list of other films, short films coming out that AJ has just been really, really, really um, doing a phenomenal job producing. So you can also check that out on Project Upland as well. There's the list and the schedule that's out there now. a special, 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 uh, you know, I guess introduction and, and something that I was familiar with but have recently gotten more involved with is backcountry hunters and anglers. I just got back from Pennsylvania from the Muster in the Mountains event. Um, and I've been doing a lot with, with BHA as of recent, um, you know, the Texas BHA uh, chapter had me on their uh, on their uh, Instagram takeover, and that was kind of the introduction. So thank you for that, Mar- uh, Marissa. But you know, then I ended up going up to Pennsylvania for the Muster in the Mountains event, and it, I mean, it was really, really cool. It gave me a lot more insight on what BHA is trying to do, and I mean, they've really taken a range to become the voice for our wildlife and public lands and public waters and. You know, things like that. So, if you want to get some more education, if you want to get more 
young folks into the outdoors and, and keep that tradition and keep that legacy going guys go check out backcountry hunters and anglers you can check out their website um join find a chapter near you i'll definitely be joining the southeast chapter you know go, go definitely support our public lands and public wildlife and, and, and keep this thing going uh yukonuba sporting dog I definitely want to give them a shout out for the finest sport in dog nutrition. Um, as, as I always say, Ruger and Vegas are looking very, very, very good on it. Check out their premium performance dog food. I use the 3020 blend, um, and my dogs have essentially transformed because of it. Uh, Yukonuba is definitely invested in the sporting dog community and committed to maintaining the tradition for years to come. So go check them out now. Check out the new premium performance dog food blend. Your dog will definitely see a change. You'll see a change in that dog's performance. And Dakota 283 for the highest uh, quality dog kennels on the market. You can visit Dakota283.com. And you can visit Lion Country Supply at lcsupply.com for premium gun dog supplies and training equipment. That's where I get all of my stuff from, too. You can get in contact with Eric Munden or any of the guys up at Lion Country Supply, and they'll definitely help you out. All right. We can go ahead and, and get into the podcast, guys. So just stay tuned. I want to kind of get y'all updated with, with, with what's going on with this barrel work. same thing just but so many people will fix this and and uh, there could be some advantages you just throw a piece of chain or something over a limb put your chain on it put your double snap now this you need this because uh, you got little dogs bigger dogs and so on and you need enough to make the dog stand there at first with his head up and adjust this accordingly okay bring over here joe Set him up for a Now one thing is with a barrel, see I can take this barrel and take my knee and wiggle it and I can make him stand stiff up and stand still. Alright, so that was Farrell Miller. That was, and I want to shout out my buddy Joe Plody, who also was just on the podcast recently, but that was Farrell Miller on Common Sense Bird Dog Training. That's a, a, a real old school DVD that I think everybody should watch. Um, Farrell Miller is definitely a legend, and I, and I wanted to give a little snippet, you know, of that DVD just to kind of, you know, just to kind of show you guys or 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 have you guys hear kind of what it's what it looks like a little bit. Um, another resource that I use for barrel work is Bud Moore. I think I've said that a hundred million times, but um, 
you know, if you go get his uh, Minute with Molly DVDs, and, and I think there's some more stuff coming out pretty soon, you know, from one of his seminars, you guys will kind of get a better understanding. But basically the whole point, because I've had a lot of people ask me, um, you know, what, you know, what's the point of barrel is new. I've had a, a bunch of folks from overseas, you know, asking me this and, and it's all, you know, it's all in the same vein of, of getting your dog to model a certain look and a certain task, right? Um, when you are, are working on the barrel, you're trying to, yeah, you're styling the dog up. Yeah, that's fundamentally what you're doing, but there are certain little key components that go into having that dog look like what you want. Um, Vegas took to it very, very, very well, but I started Vegas on it at like seven weeks old. Like as soon as I got him, I went and got an old oil barrel from my granddaddy's shed, um, you know, built me a little, uh, wooden, I guess, cage, if you want to call it like not cage, but a, a holder for it. Um, and then just took an old piece of carpet on there um, and, and, and just nailed it into the barrel so it doesn't move and it doesn't slide. Well, even in that clip, you'll hear Farrell talking about, um, you know, kind of wiggle barrel and it'll make the dog, you know, tense up real good. It'll make them staunch up. And that does work. I'm not saying it does not work. Um, I don't do it. I just choose not to do it. Um, that's not the way that I decide to operate it. The thing is about this barrel work, there's no right or wrong way to do it. As long as it works for your dog, you're doing it the right way. As long as you're getting the desired result, you know, you're doing it the right way. What you don't want to do is scare the dog and, and, and have him not want to be on there. Um, lot, a lot, a lot of old school folks. And I'm writing an article on it. Um, I'm just about done typing it. I just need to submit it to AJ um, for Project Upland. But in it, I kind of go over um, some of the history as it was told to me from Bud Moore when we spoke. And a lot of the old school folks, um, Harold and, and Sherry Ray, to be specific, um, back in the day, they were putting a barrel, you know, an old oil or gasoline, empty gasoline barrel, you know, tilting that thing over on the side and, and kind of wiggling it. And a young dog would do everything he could to, to, to balance himself and stay up on top of that barrel. So when you have that, you get a dog that naturally starts to come into himself. Um, the reason I put the carpet on, because in that in that Farrell Miller video, um, there's no carpet on the barrel. Bud uses carpet. Um, I took that part from him. Um, none of this stuff is, is any of my ideas. Nothing innovative. I've just taken various components of a bunch of different trainers and, and pieced it together to see fit the way I like. Um, you'll see different barrel setups, different diagrams, different, you know, overhanging parts there's a lot of stuff and i'll kind of give you insights on what i do but with the carpet um i like it because i don't want a young dog focused on trying to not slip off the barrel if that makes sense like i i just don't um 
you know, they got nails, their little paws can't go everywhere. And, and it, to me, I think it scares the dog and makes them uncomfortable. I want the dog looking at me and, and feeling real good, feeling like a champion on top of that thing. Um, if you watch any of my videos with Vegas, I would, you know, I'm going to brag on my dog a little bit, but he likes getting up on that barrel and posing for me. And that's essentially what you want. Um, you want them excited to do it. You, you just, you want that, you want that type of reaction from your dog. Um, so when you see that, and it takes a few weeks to get there also, like if you start at seven weeks, three, four weeks, you know, later, you'll start to see the dog start to come into his own and you're not starting them, uh, you know, you're not leaving a young dog at seven weeks old on a barrel for minutes at a time. We're talking seconds at a time. Like, I, I literally would put Vegas on, back up two steps, and then come back and get him off and put him on the ground, let him play around, and get happy about it. Um, and that time increases as the dog gets older and starts to feel comfortable about himself. Um, but, I mean... <sighs> Especially if you look at my social media, I do that a lot. It's a daily thing for me. Um, I really like doing it. It's something that I kind of bond with my dog with. Um, and, and, the, and because of that is a lot of reasons why my barrel setup looks a little bit different. Um, I don't use the overhanging arm that goes over most people's barrel setup. Um, where you'll see kind of, you'll see either one singular arm or one that, if you look at Buzz, his just goes all the way across and connects to both sides of it. Um, and then there's a chain that drops down and connects to the, um, the dog's collar. Now, all of that being said, there are absolutely a lot of things about Bud Moore's DVD and his, uh, thoughts on the breakdown of the dog's anatomy and the dog's body that I totally agree, agree with. Uh, part of it is the head and neck of the dog being the steering and the flank being the, uh, the brake pedals. So check this out right here. Two buttons. The front bungee goes on the neck. That's the steering wheel. The back bungee goes on the flank. That's the brake pedal. Always. You want to break a dog to woe? Right. You want to keep him out of trash and scare him? Go to the steering wheel. Always. And it, and it basically keeps the dog's head up, um, you know, and kind of keeps him up there. I don't do that um, for a couple of reasons. It's not that it's wrong. It's, it's not about a wrong or right. It's the way that I chose to do it. Um, I like my hands on a dog, you know, and, and, and Bud will agree with this too. Keeping your hand on a dog, you know, rubbing them from the chest up to the, to the chin and, you know, telling them good dog and, and building his confidence up. That helps me do that better. Um, and so instead of, you know, an, an arm going over that top of the barrel, I just put, and this is a, Another piece out of another trainer, Mo Lindley. I took that uh, pinch collar that I that y'all might see me use or I talk about a lot, and I use that as the quote unquote chain or the overhanging part, and I just put that around the neck around the dog's neck when he is ready for it. Though, 
you know, I didn't incorporate that pinch collar until Vegas was probably four months old, four, you know, four months old and, you know, really feeling good about himself and, and it wasn't too much pressure for him. And I still wasn't putting a lot of pressure on, you know, there's a whole introductory process that goes from there. But the reason that I did that was because I had, I felt like I had more control over Vegas's smaller movements. Um, you know, when it came to him turning his head and looking at me and stuff, that pinch collar, I kind of, you know, lightly tug up on it a little bit real quick, but very lightly because I'm trying to get him ready for field trials. I want a dog whose head is up and is, you know, straightforward. You know, I want that dog looking straight forward. I don't really want him looking all behind and, and things like that. Um, and so when I do that, I'll start trying to walk around. You know, I'll try to walk around the dog and try to get him to folk to keep his head straight and, and, and not want to look at me turning around because the bird's out in front of you. So once he gets that, and it takes some time to get there too. You know, it definitely takes some time to get there too. Um, and to, to really, really, really enforce that, I would take um, some some white bumpers, some white training dummies, um, or my little docking quail or pheasant or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. I take my hat sometimes. And once that dog is, once he starts getting comfortable looking forward and not really trying to turn to look at me, I, I over enforce it by throwing those bumpers from behind him or throwing something from behind him. I prefer something white just to really catch his attention. Um, but it, I mean, it really doesn't matter. It's coming from behind him. Um, and so now the dog knows that something's going out there. This is why I'm, I'm looking forward. Um, I had that in the, the, uh, Texas BHA, uh, Instagram takeover. That was kind of my little, you know, short training feature, if you want to call it that. But, um, you know, that's kind of what I was doing to on, on this barrel. You know, I, like I said, that pinch collar is probably one of my most important training tools, especially if you learn how to use it. Um, I haven't gotten around to any kind of alternative collar work other than the pinch collar and the wonder lead. And, you know, what happens is with that pinch collar, just some of the things that you should think about. If you pull up too tight and you start to kill that dog's confidence, he'll start crouching. And I don't want that. So what I would do, and he would try to sit down on the barrel too. And, and you don't want that. What I would do is just pick his butt up and, you know, pick it up to where his hind legs are off the barrel and then drop it back down to make him tense up a little bit. And it worked, you know, um, a lot of times, you'll, and I'm guilty of it too, but you'll see a lot of people trying to style the tail up and stuff and then it'll go down. That dog's tail will come. You're not going to get a tail out of a dog till well over a year old. I mean, if it's 12 o'clock at a young age on a barrel, great. If it's not, don't worry about that. That's not, there's nothing you can do to control that. Mom and daddy gave him the tail. Um, and, and it's hard to not get caught up with that because everybody wants to see their pointing dogs tail standing straight up just like the, the photos and things like that that's not really the thing you know what I want is the behavior to be straightforward 
even if he decides to tilt forward a little bit, you know, trying to get to it, but he's still, you know, all fours. Um, that's more important to me. You know, even having the three-legged dog, I'm not really interested in the in, in the, the dog with three legs on the ground, one, one leg kind of cocked up. It's pretty. I mean, it makes for a hell of a photograph, but... I mean, if you're think, thinking about practicality and, and, and realism, that doesn't really make a lot of sense for the dog. The dog is not balanced. So if your dog does it, great. But on a barrel, he's likely not going to do that. Um, and that's another reason why I wanted to use that barrel. Um, you know, so after I used the white bumpers to throw from behind the dog... Um, and that was something that my buddy uh, Terry Martin. I was talking to him. Another, another. Uh, he's a grouse hunter up in uh, North Carolina, but you know he was telling me throw some bumpers from behind. Throw some bumpers from behind. You know that worked for him. He's got uh, setters and, and, and pointers, and it work. I mean, it just it works. It keeps the dogs focused ahead. Um, gives them something and he, and so what happens when you throw that but from behind you hold on to that pinch collar and the dog may try to break off that barrel I've had that happen too with Vegas and 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 you don't pull back on that collar let him pull himself forward and let that collar tighten up a little bit he'll stop <laughs> he'll he, he'll stop you know he'll stop as much as he want to and you're allowing the dog to correct himself you're just quiet you know, that barrel work has also taught me a lot about not talking, just being quiet, you know, and, and all of this stuff will end up transitioning to the ground, but we haven't even gotten off the barrel yet. Um, once I get done with bumpers, I will take a white bird, a white pigeon, um, you know, wing clip them or, or pull out some of his flight feathers so it can't go nowhere and fly off unless you got homers. Um, if you're okay with them flying off, that's cool too. But with mine, I wing clip them so they land a little bit further out and the dog knows what he's looking at. Um, but I'll, I'll hide the bird in a, in a little bag, take it out, and after I throw two or three of them bumpers, you know, throw a, a, a flushing bird from behind them. And that really gets them. The wing beats of that will kind of throw them for a little bit, but it'll definitely tense up. And his tail might even pop up a little bit more too. Um, so that's kind of the, the intermediate part of the barrel work that I like to do. Like I said, it's a combination of a variety of um, trainers, you know, and every so often from the time that puff is seven weeks old, even till now, I'll do this like hand motion that's basically saying, come to me, look at me, look at me. And, I, and, and all I'm trying to do is get the dog to always pay attention to whatever's out in front and especially me and have his attention on me. You'll see him licking his lips. You'll see him. Uh, I like, I like to see him yawn that way he gets real relaxed and comfortable on it. Um, you know, and I'm, and I'm telling him, Hey, it's all right. You know, this is what I like you doing. And it encourages the dog. I mean, I do that every so often now and then, to take that even further to get the, the, cause again, we're talking about a nice stylish dog, whether it be in the field or, or, or for me, my long-term goal is to get him field trialing. I want a dog with a high head. I want him want his head in the sky, head in the clouds. 
And so I will, uh, this was a Del Mar trick. <laughs> if you read uh, Best Way to Train Your Gun Dog, um, Bill Tarrant wrote it for Del Mar. If you, can, if you can even get your hands on the book, I have it. Um, it's, it's so old, it's virtually falling apart. I got to rebind it. But um, I will take my check cord and tie a little knot probably at the length where it would, you know, nudge the dog in the chin. So however long that is, you know, from the clip to the, to the end of the muzzle, um, go, you know, walk out about 15, 16 feet. And while that dog is on the barrel, clip it to not his pinch collar, but his regular collar and, uh, whip it like rodeo whip that thing and it and, and what'll happen is you'll get the wave in the in the check cord and it'll bump that dog in the uh in the chin real light you don't want to slam them in the chin obviously but you want to bump them real light and what that does is that dog is going to move away from that pressure well now i um i i got a dog that wants to keep his head up so what happens is after you do that for a couple weeks, you know, and mine didn't even take a couple weeks. It took a few days, matter of fact. It took maybe a week. Um, once you do that for, you know, for a second, um, that dog, Vegas, will get up and he'll get on a barrel and start holding his head real high. You know, he'll start holding his head high. He'll drop it every so often. But you do that to just reinforce that behavior. This, all of these things go into the dog's point. You know, it goes into the dog's standing position and, and keeps him looking good for you. He wants to do it. It's not too much pressure. You're not really making the correction. He's correcting himself. You know, all you're doing more or less is you're either behind him, or you're out in front of him. But, you know, that pressure is really coming from somewhere from somewhere else. The only time he really feels me is when I put my hand on the pinch collar, you know, when I've got it directly on there. And even with that, it's still very light. You know, these dogs are smart. It doesn't take a whole lot of pressure. So, you know, what this, what, what all of, what all of this goes to and where I'm at now, um, and I hope I didn't fly through this too much. Cause like I said, a lot of people have asked me, certain little details that I, I hope I've outlined, you know, in this little podcast episode. Um, now I'm at the point where I want to put Vegas on the ground, you know, and all of this stuff, I do the exact same thing that we did on the barrel on the ground. Um, and, and, and now I take a post like a little stakeout, and you can you can do it a number of different ways, but you can basically shorten your check cord and put a little clip on the end of it. You don't have to cut it; just tie a little knot and take a little clip like a that would you know like a like a um, a, a lobster clamp or whatever it is you want to do, and clip it to that post. So your dog is now clipped from the stakeout check cord goes to the dog's uh, pinch collar and you kind of got a version of a woe post now, a version of it, all right? Now your hands are free and so you can walk that dog out, you know, to the end of the line 
And before it gets to the end of the line, you can throw your bumper or throw your bird. Put your hand out. I use, you know, five fingers out to, to uh, basically get that dog to woe. And I've also done that. I've taught him that on the barrel too. I forgot to say that earlier, but I've taught him that on the barrel. But that dog knows to stop. And when he does, throw something out there. Just, again, you're throwing something from behind him. He may try to break, but that's why you've got the pinch collar on him. And it checks him for a second. It'll take one or two times, maybe two or three times before that dog is, you know, correcting himself and he'll stand for you. You know, the reason that you had him on the barrel is, is because the dogs learn better when their feet are, are not on the ground. And so you've got his full attention. Now you're in a different environment, more or less. You're giving him a different set of temptations and distractions and, and you're working that same process you know, all within his vision, but his feet are just on the ground. Everything that you've done on the barrel, you just want to transition below. And, and you do that for a few weeks and get that, you know, built into a system and get him feeling good about that. The ground is a whole nother type of temptation. And all of this stuff has worked for me and, and, and my dog. You know, it's not a Bible. It's It's just... I wanted to do a podcast, however long or short it was, to kind of go over that and answer a few questions that I may not answer in my writing or just within a, the, 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 the context of a short DM. Um, so all of this then, I'll take my dog to the woods and do the same thing. But this time I'll either throw a bumper or I prefer to throw a pigeon out and watch him stop. And it's also kind of teaching him to stop the flush too. And then you move from that to planted birds. And that dog should run up on scent and he'll plant birds. Now this is the catch. Now that temptation is on the ground and if your birds don't fly well, you're gonna have a dog trying to tackle it because it's too much temptation. He'll look good when he's pointing. I, I, I definitely think he'll look good when he's pointing. But if that temptation is too much and he breaks that point, you know, off the um, off the pinch collar, off of the check cord and all of that stuff, that's why you get yourself a bird launcher, which is, you know, coming up on where I'm, I'm going to be working him, you know, right before the season. And so you'll do that. You'll do that in a large field. Make sure the dog can't see the launcher or the bird. Make sure he's properly introduced to the launcher because sometimes they're loud to the dog. Um, and then just flush the bird. I mean, just launch that thing. Flush, flush the bird when that dog gets the scent. He'll run into the scent cone, and, and as soon as you see him, and as soon as he maybe pauses, if he don't, if he breaks after that pause, like he's flashpointing or something like that, flush the bird. After a while, he'll get it. He'll stop breaking. So when that happens and he's holding a point, you can go, you can snap that, um, you know, that uh, check cord either back to his collar or you can put the pinch collar back on him. And now you can get to a situation where the dog is standing for you and he should let you come around and flush birds. You can practice kicking the grass and stuff like that. And you've got 
the simulation of a, of a bird flushing wild. And he should be able to let you come around and, and, and flush and things like that. So it's all a process. This is everything that I'm doing, um, everything that, you know, I'm planning on doing. Um, there's always videos, references and stuff on my social media, um, you know, to, to, to accompany this stuff. Um, if you've got questions, you know, definitely let me know. Um, but and I'll definitely help you out if it don't work. Then it just don't work. You can call call me BS on it, I guess. But these are the things that I just enjoy doing with my dog and, and working a young dog um, on point. And Vegas will be six months in July. You know, uh, actually, he's six months today. <laughs> right on the dot. I didn't realize it. But it's July 1st. Yeah, my dog is six months today. Um, I'm going to be getting him ready for, um, maybe Nastra, maybe, um, I'm still kind of undecided on that, but definitely, um, the American field, field trials, NBHA, um, things like that, the walking trials. And I care more about the styling of my dog and, and, and him not breaking. I want a fully broke dog, even on wild birds. Um, and that takes time. It definitely takes a lot of time. Um, but it also takes knowledge of your dog. I mean, you need to know, seriously, you need to know when to kind of pull the reins back to, um, you know, not giving him too many birds to where he's tackling and he doesn't, he loses his point. Pulling him off is definitely not going to hurt your dog. I had to pull Vegas off of birds for a few weeks just so like just so it maintained his, his his interest um and it maintained his intensity so that's a big thing like i said that's why i'm so hands-on with the pinch collar on top of the barrel that helped me out you know and um you know and i i, I had a better eye on knowing if my dog was nervous, I could feel it just as much as I could see it. Um, you know, and that pinch collar just go, it's it's kind of an all around tool. You know, I don't use a whole lot. He's not e-collar conditioned right now. I'm not really worried about that. Um, and even with that, I'm not gonna do a flank collar. I'm gonna definitely do it around the neck um, because that's just, for me, I think that is where most of the pressure comes from with Vegas. That's where I think he responds the best. Some people do it around the flank. Um, I don't think that I'm going to do that. I could it, I could be wrong, but I don't think that I'm going to get there. But that's so far down the road right now. All I'm using is a bunch of cords and, and, and a leather, you know, pinch collar. You can get it from Lion Country Supply. Um, I've got two. I've got one from Lion Country Supply. I got one from my buddy Joe Plody who... That's just a special, a special one. I use both of them. Um, you know, they're different styles. Just get something that works for your dog, you know, and, and just remember it's a daily process. You know, some people ask about why I don't use the rail, like the, the it's like a, maybe a four to six inch plank that is also in the Miller video. Um, you can use the plank. You can use a the barrel. They're all the same thing. My buddy Paul Cook, he uses a plank, you know, for his setters. His setters look good. It's all the same process. 
that the barrel is just something that I choose to do. If you're willing to rock that barrel at the expense of spooking your dog, possibly go for it. I don't recommend it because, and, and that's not something I intended on doing, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I'm not too familiar with the woe post. So like I said, I, I, I kind of have an abbreviated version of the woe post after I, uh, you know, get the dog off the barrel and onto the ground. It's not the full on Hunt Smith, you know, Delmar woe post style thing. No, it's kind of an accessory to the groundwork after the barrel. Um, I don't really like something with, I don't know if, it, if, if, if I just, I ain't coordinator. I just don't, it's probably more so I just don't understand it. I don't like a lot of moving parts and I feel like the woe post is a lot of moving parts for me. Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I just am not a big fan of it. So with that being said, I kind of took a short version and it's all various little pieces that come together to get your dog to style. It's worked for me. Vegas looks good. He's always excited to get on a barrel. I, I, if I take my dog out to go take a leak, he going to do that and then run right back around and hop right on that barrel. It don't matter what time of day or night. Um, and that's what you want. You know, you want him to be excited about that. So that was just kind of something I wanted to do a little bit of a pro, you know, a, a podcast on and, you know, give some insights and some, um, you know, some, some updates really Vegas is looking really, really, really good. I'm excited to have this young pointer and, uh, you know, my long-term goal is to get down there with them Thomasville boys and, and run some dogs in the Georgia, Florida, uh, trial. So I got to get on my A game. If y'all have any questions, of course, y'all know y'all can reach out. Um, you know, I can tell you what what, what worked for me. Like I said, it's, it's not a Bible. I ain't no guru, but I am willing to share the information if you guys, uh, you know, need, need a couple of insights or I can direct you to the right place if need be. So that is the end of my spiel, guys. It, it's nothing long. Um, this is just kind of, you know, me getting back on the mic and reminding y'all I'm still here. <laughs> I haven't put an episode out in a couple of, uh, probably week and a half, two weeks since, since, uh, I think it was since Plody's. Um, we should have Kim Sampson from West Mountain Kennels coming up pretty soon. Um, I'm trying to get Tommy Rice on Dave Jonesy. Um, I've got a couple of guys that I want to come up next on the podcast. And there's another, there's a longer list as well. All of these guys are really good trainers, are really good folks. And, um, you know, we'll make it work. We will make it work. All right, guys, y'all have a great one. Um, you know, I'm a little bit delayed on, on the publication of this podcast. I'm a little bit delayed, but y'all have a good one. I hope y'all enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Uh, again, this podcast is brought to you by OnX Hunt. They are officially the creators, the creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping resource for hunters and anglers, landowners, folks like you and me. So 
Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, go check them out. And also, I want to thank you, Canuba Sporting Dog, for being the premium performance dog food blend of the sporting and hunting dog culture. All right, guys, I will see y'all next week.